Who am I to say what Christopher Eccleson does and does not know? For all I know, he killed JFK! Welcome to Dr. What. Um, my name is Sarah Trainer, And I'm Jeanette Chen. <laughs> Hi, Jeanette. <laughs> Hi, Sarah. Oh, my God. This is amazing. Oh, my God. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, wow. Thanks so much. Dr. What? <laughs> <That's> the... <laughs> oh, man. Are you going to tell me a little bit about this thing that you've invited me to? Um, I mean... Yeah, so this is a podcast where I am rewatching these episodes for the first time in like nine years. I was super obsessed with Doctor Who for like all of my teenage years. It really just like shaped me into like the insane like cat girl I am today. <laughs> and I wanted you on the podcast because you hadn't seen Doctor Who before, despite being, you know, in that world. And it was just really interesting to me. I wanted to see your opinion. I want to watch the episodes with you. And so here we are on this podcast, chit-chatting. Tell me about you. Oh, yeah, sure. So you already mentioned... Um... I am a part of the same world as you. I mean, look, I was on Tumblr in 2012, you know. Um, I was there. I was there, Gandalf. Um, (laughs) But funnily enough, I just never, like, got sucked in to the whole, like, super hulock thing. I really only saw a few, like, key episodes, perhaps, of, of New Who, but my aunt was really into classic who so that's really all i've seen i've seen maybe some of the the first doctor and uh the fourth doctor a few episodes but other than that i just it's totally passed me by somehow so i am just as excited as you are that you're having me on this podcast so we can chit chat about this thing because it's just it's totally removed from me and i think now it's the time to uh Pop my Doctor Who cherry, uh, take my Doctor Who virginity, which David Tennant, call me. I, I know you have a, a <laughs> wife, but just call me up anytime. I know um, you're the same age as my dad, and you have a wife and three children, but if you want to call a 22-year-old grad student... I mean, <laughs> I'm just... No way he's as old as your dad, really? He is as old as my dad, yeah. I think he might be a couple years younger, but wow. yeah, same... It's weird to think about. I don't like thinking about it. That is crazy to think about. Okay, well, we won't talk about it anymore. We're not, yeah, we're, we're not gonna. <laughs> we're in Christopher Christopher Eccleston's era. This is true. What? But anyway. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. anyway. Do you want to go into the synopsis for the episode? Sure. I was just before we do that. I was just gonna uh, talk about how these episodes are going to work. I think. So as you said, how we're gonna do. This podcast uh, is basically one of us will read the episode synopsis of the episode that we watched for the day. 
this one is Rose, the opening episode of the first series of the revived British science fiction television program, Doctor Who. She's so iconic. So iconic. Uh, And then after the episode synopsis, perhaps after a few fun facts, we're going to immediately go into what we liked, what we didn't like about the episode, taking turns, and then having some general discussion about our thoughts. So without further ado, I can read the episode synopsis. This is uh, via the TARDIS wiki. Um, Rose Tyler believes she is living another day of her ordinary life, in scare quotes, but after being threatened by Autons, living plastic, controlled by the nesting consciousness, she meets the Ninth Doctor. Wow. If I read this episode synopsis before I actually watched the episode, I'd be like, what the hell? Like, (laughs) I don't... No, especially if you don't know anything about Doctor Who. She means the ninth Doctor. Like, what does that mean? Right, exactly. Um, It's a little goofy. It's just a little goofy. Yeah. But... Imagine how confused she must have been, or she would have been, if he had introduced himself as the ninth Doctor. She'd be like, what do you mean, the ninth one? (laughs) I'm pretty... I mean, he doesn't, like, answer any of her other questions to begin with. That's so. true. So she would have just been confused in general. That's... Yeah, the same way she is in this episode. Exactly. So. All right. Well, now uh, that we've said the episode synopsis, Sarah, why don't you give us what your favorite thing about the episode was? My favorite thing about the episode is just Rose... As a character, I think that she is absolutely fantastic. Um, when I first watched this, like, as, like, a 13-year-old, you know, like, I liked her. She was nice. I dressed up as her for Halloween, but it was kind of just, like, you know, I didn't think that I could dress up as the doctor because I was a girl, so I dressed up as Rose. You know, it was just kind of that kind of thing. But watching it now as someone who has just, like, lived more life since I was 13, I found Rose to be just, like, really relatable. Super fun. She's also just, like, so sassy, especially with her mom. Like, when her mom is like, you deserve compensation, and then, like, gives her the phone to, like, talk to the woman, and she's just like, yeah, give it here, and she hangs up. Like, she's just, uh, she's so precious. I really enjoyed her. Yeah, so she was my fave. Yeah. Uh, Her mom was so real for that. Like, seriously, so real. Like, I know that Rose was, like, kind of annoyed, but seriously, you should always get your workers' comp. But, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. Rose, I loved how, like, kind of cheesy, you know, um, early 2000s she was. Like, I could really feel that she was this young adult living in that era like her bedroom was just so like early 2000s nostalgia um and Mm. she just yeah she's great i i really i really like her you know she's a little rough around the edges she's not like Mm -hmm. the perfect like girl or anything like that she's just kind of normal and i love that yeah i love that speaking of her room um, what I noticed about it, too, is, like, it's, like, super cramped, you know, almost like she's ready to grow out of it. Like, mm-hmm. you can see the point in time where she's at and, like, just, like, the kind of, um, not necessarily the kind of, well, I guess the kind of person she is. Well, maybe, like, the kind of person that she was, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. It's this small bedroom that she probably spent her whole life in with this pink and purple comforter, and it's a little too small for her, and I feel like that just 
is emblematic of her life in general mm-hmm. up to this point. Like, it's getting a little too small for her. She wants to, like, leave, you know? Like, she's ready, but she doesn't really know what to do or where to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that totally... Ugh, that totally is such a great characterization um, point of her, too. Like, a silent characterization by just having it in, like, the set and how she dresses and, and everything, especially mm-hmm. when she yeah. decides to, you know feel like fuck you mickey (laughs) and leave with the doctor like you can tell based on the space that she's in and the relationship that she has with the people around her she's really yearning to get out Mm -hmm. which i think is awesome yeah um even the way that she just like acts at work like she wears just like her hoodie and like baggy jeans and it's like half-heartedly folding clothes at work like she just not give a shit about the job. You went Ocean State job lot. Yeah. <laughs> the vest that they gave me for work was like three times my size because they didn't have one in my size. It like went down to my knees. Like, <laughs> oh my god, you're so rose pilled. Like you're so rose Tyler. Oh my god. I'm just, I'm just exactly like rose. <laughs> also, just going back to like that early 2000s point you made, like her like makeup. you know like she's like a bleach blonde with like hoop earrings and like the thick mascara and like the nude lipstick and the like she just is so 2005 what was your favorite part my favorite part of the episode i think i just loved it as an introduction like overall especially coming out of of classic who you know i wasn't really sure what to expect for this like kickoff of a new series I'm I'm all in the fuddy duddy of the of the past, but it felt sharp and fresh and like a great new take and the start of something that I can't wait to see where it's going next. So I think that is mm-hmm. definitely uh, like just overall the the way it progressed, the inciting incident. Yeah, I just I love it as as an introduction to the show. Sure. I think is my favorite thing about it. Yeah, and the, just the humor, too, like, in general. It, mm. It's, like, just kind of goofy, and it's perfect for the time, but it still gives way to some seriousness. Like, ah, it was just, it was a great episode. It was really wonderful. Yeah. It's, like, like the whole episode it is very, like, goofy, but, like, it's still very fun. Mm-hmm. One of the facts I read on the Wikipedia about the episode was that, like, you know, it was, like, super well-received. It was the most watched Doctor Who episode since, like, 1979 wow. at that point. But, like, one of the things that was criticized about it was the humor. Um, but even then, it was, like, still widely received. But I don't know. Like, it it, it works. Yeah. Like, you, you know what you're getting into. You're getting into this fun sci-fi show that can be goofy. But, like you said, like, there's this undercurrent of darkness, yeah. sort of, and, like, something more. Is be- like there are things being put in place for something yeah. more if you're paying attention closely. Exactly. Enough. I can't believe that. Well, I can't believe that the humor was criticized because it was a little much sometimes. <laughs> but it like was that perfect <laughs> level of of. I mean, it's camp now. I feel like. Yeah, uh, it, it is. I mean, uh, one of my favorite, maybe perhaps one of my favorite bits of the episode, um, aside from just loving the episode overall, that bit. In uh, <laughs> when the doctor goes to Rose's house and it, her mom is just kind of like she's in her like I just killed my husband robe. <laughs> <And> like, 
<laughs> and she's like, oh, like, hi there. And he's just like, um, <laughs> like, uh, what's, uh, he was like so oblivious. I loved that bit. There's a strange man. There's a strange man my in my bedroom. Ooh, what's gonna happen? She, she is so, she is also just so British. She's so she is so British. early 2000s British woman. Yeah. <laughs> I she's fucking hilarious when she's on the phone with her friends and she's like uh, you should see Rose like her skin's withered like an old bible <laughs> it's so like good. she's so fucking funny it's so good and it's so relatable to like to have that teen like young adult character and the mom who's like always embarrassing her but you know mm-hmm. it's it's very archetypal but there's still so much like warmth and so much love there like you can tell she means yeah. well even though she annoys the piss out of rose yeah like, she serves she slays she's got her cunt on a platter and she's serving it you know like she, <laughs> that's how she's serving cunt uh, am i allowed to say cunt on spotify oh my god i have i have no idea i'm just i think i think so. okay well yeah right? whatever I was listening to a podcast the other day and they were like, yeah, she put her whole ass and pussy into that performance and, like, they just, like, said that straight up. Okay, so, well. I, I think it's fine. Well, as long as they were talking about Jackie Tyler, then, then yeah. it's fine. <laughs> then it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's fine. Speaking of cheesy things about the episode, I guess, before we go into, like, the more serious parts and put our thinking caps mm-hmm. on, um... Fucking Clive. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> so I I love how they're in like that little like shed area and like he has a picture of the doctor at the Kennedy assassination. <laughs> and like instead of just like showing her the original picture he had and like circling the doctor's face, even you know, it is pretty obviously like photoshopped in there, yeah. right? Like like you cannot miss that like Christopher Eccleston is at the Kennedy <laughs> so assassination. Stupid. But even even like <laughs> even if he was worried about it, he could have like circled it. But instead he just like has a stack of photos and then like <laughs> removes each photo from the stack to reveal it like zooming out to show that he is at the Kennedy it's assassination. So good. It's literally so <laughs> good. Like it's really the pinnacle of like 2005. There's this rando that I found on a forum who like is obsessed with this topic like of course he wouldn't just like circle him he had to print out multiple copies for dramatic effect it's so goofy (laughs) and also like why why was he there like why was he at the kennedy assassination (laughs) he didn't do anything to stop it as far as i can tell in our current timeline so like what's the deal i it is weird, like, in every time travel movie or show, the, the the laws of time just, like, are kind of, like, a free-for-all. Yeah. Like, is this something that he couldn't have stopped? Is this something that he could have stopped? Because he did save that family from the Titanic, right? Like, does that not have any effect? Maybe because there were nobodies, like, it didn't matter, but... But then it's like, how do you know if somebody's a nobody? Like, maybe, like, you save someone from the Titanic and then they become, like, Hitler or something. You don't know. Maybe, maybe the doctor does. You know? Who am I to say what Christopher Eccleston does and does not know? For all I know, he fucking killed (laughs) Kennedy. 
for all I know, he killed JFK. <laughs> you know, maybe he had to make sure that happened. Right? Was it like Lee Harvey Oswald? More like the ninth doctor. Wait, no, Lee Harvey Oswald. Right? It was Lee Harvey Oswald. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lee Harvey. I... John Wilkes Booth yes. killed Lincoln. Yes. But that's a pseudonym for the doctor. Exactly. Seek Semper Tyrannus. More like Seek Semper. No. I was going to say, like... Time Lord. <laughs> well, um, actually, you would have to put the Time Lord in uh, the dative case, because uh, it translates to thus always two tyrants. Uh, so you would be saying thus always two Time Lords, uh, and that wouldn't work, so... That, I think that works for me. Oh, okay, so you think Time Lord should be assassinated. <laughs> okay, no, we're going to get into the serious part. I, like, kind of do. <laughs> oh, okay, real. Let's talk about it. Why do you want him to be assassinated? Okay, I don't, like, I don't want him to be assassinated per se. Um, listen, I think Christopher Eccleston's performance is great. I enjoy him as the ninth Doctor. I'm interested to see more. You know, like, when I first watched it, he didn't really leave that much of an impression on me. I was, like, a big David Tennant girl. Um, Because, mm-hmm. you know, I was basic. Oh. I mean, uh, uh, whatever. Oh, well, you did, <laughs> of course, have a cardboard cutout of him in your basement, so... That says something. Um, (laughs) I, hmm, I, the power imbalance between the Doctor and Rose, it gives me the ick. She's 19, and in the scene where her and Mickey are at that restaurant, her and, like, weird plastic Mickey, who's so fucking funny. I hate him. I hate him. (laughs) He's the worst. I don't, I didn't really care for normal Mickey, I'm gonna be real, um, you know, Okay. I know, I know. Listen. You feel very strongly about, and I understand why you feel very strongly about normal Mickey, but just the, yeah, get you killed. Like, come on. <laughs> That's so funny. It's so, it's just so. It's just like. He's such a mid boyfriend, you know what I mean? But, you know. No, but, like, here's the thing. Every every boy that you date when you're 19 is gonna be like kind of dumb and kind of mid, but they mean well, and like Mickey means well, and I feel like he will grow as a person like many boys at 19. I feel like he deserved better than what he got. Okay. Like just because he's not the doctor doesn't mean that he's a bad guy. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. I I can agree I with am you there. Mickey Defense Squad. <laughs> I know Mickey Defense Squad. No, and that's fair. And I do actually agree with you about. The Doctor and Rose, like, they're flirting, kind of giving me the ick, too. Yeah. And it's crazy, because I know if I had watched this when I was younger, like, I totally would have been all over it. I would have been like, oh my god, like, the Doctor and Rose, like, ah, like, this is crazy. But it's For sure. now that we're both 22, which is not that far off from 19, but still, you can really feel the imbalance, not even just of their ages because Christopher Eccleston I don't know how old he was like in real life when they filmed this but like there's also the power imbalance of him quite literally like knowing all of this stuff like all more than her you know he's literally like a freaking time jumping alien it's kind of the same argument that people have for vampires and stuff like that you know what I mean like he's a supernatural entity you know, bringing this back, the fact that he kind of, like, rejects Jackie's advances, but then 
goes and is like, okay, hey, Rose, like, aha. I mean, he doesn't do that, but you know, you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> it's just really interesting. It, it's, it's a little ick. And I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if it's just a product of the time of the writers of the show or if it was like intentionally supposed to be. I, I don't know. But it is, it does leave kind of a bad taste in your mouth revisiting it. The, the power. For sure. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, you were saying before, like watching it as you're older. When I first watched it, I did not think about the imbalance of power at mm-hmm. all. Like, it didn't even cross my mind. I saw them flirting. I was like, oh, time-traveling alien, like, sign me up. You know, like, I did not think Mm -hmm. about it. But yeah, now, dude, if an all-knowing alien who traveled through time and space just, like, showed up at my doorstep and was just, like, talking nonsense about the Earth's rotation and, like, in the same breath being like, you lot are so stupid. Like, he's so hot and cold with her. Like, he just explains everything at once and is like wow like you know you said that it was students like that's a job well done and then it's just like all you do is just watch tv and like sit your ass on the couch and like whatever like he just i would say no thanks and shut the door like i i think that that's so patronizing shitty and weird yeah he patronizes her throughout the episode but then what's interesting and i think that this is a thing that we'll have to see like as the season progresses because as you mentioned this is a good like intro so maybe we'll see the cracks showing more but at the very end of this episode when he invites her to travel with him he does seem really like lonely and like dejected when she first like rejects him and i feel like that shows like that sort of like deeper underlying theme that we were talking about earlier that's sort of like hinted at throughout this episode like the subtext of it mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. yeah for sure yeah um i i didn't even mention the restaurant the, the thing that rose said at the restaurant i don't think mm-hmm. um when she was with plastic miggy what i wanted to say was that when she <laughs> we got distracted by plastic Mickey. yes i hate <laughs> i hate plastic miggy that's my thing i hate about the episode just to get that out of the way plastic miggy so like first of all and i'll i'll this will be a short tangent. First of all, how did she not know it wasn't really him? Like, uh, it's literally, he looks so he different. He looks so different and he's acting so strange and weird. Uh, <laughs> like, uh, it's just awful. And also the way he gets, like, taken over to with the stupid garbage can. I was like, are you kidding me? Like, are you joking right now? But, you know whatever please continue (laughs) she is just kind of like talking at him about like her life and you know like taking stock of her life now that her job has like exploded and she's unemployed and doesn't really know what to do next she's like yeah i dropped out of high school to be with like this guy and that didn't pan out and i didn't go to university so now i'm just here and it's just kind of like hmm you know like I didn't notice that the first time I watched it when I was younger, but now that I have noticed that, I'm like, that says a lot about Rose's character and, like, why she would run away to be with the doctor. That inclusion makes me think that maybe something will happen later on, Um, because even though I know plot-wise what happens, Mm -hmm. I feel like the thematic and, like, character meanings didn't really, like, click at the time. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe... The ick is supposed to be intentional. I really don't know. I I feel like it's so unclear. 
Yeah, and that is, that is interesting, like, bringing that back to what we were talking about before, about how she's, like, kind of outgrowing her surroundings. But it's also not necessarily an outgrowing, because it's kind of a continuation of behavior, right? That kind of impulsivity, her dropping out of school to be with a guy, then dropping out of this timeline to be with the Time Lord and, you know, travel through space. So it'll be interesting to see, like, how she grows from that, if she does grow from that. And, uh, I don't know. Like, how she, yeah, how she'll grow as yeah. a character from that. And then, like... Because maybe the ick will get her. Oh, yeah. Maybe like, the ick will get her. If Rose does grow and does start to, like, change her mind regarding this, how will that affect the Doctor, then? Like, will he grow, too? Because right now, he kind of just seems yeah. like an overgrown child. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. chasing yeah. after this, like, younger woman. Because, you know, I mean, we don't know his exact age at this point. But I think, you know, you've watched some classic Who, and, like, even from this episode, you can infer that he is sort of this, mm-hmm. like, all-knowing being that is probably really old, right? Like, the way he talks about the Earth and... Mm-hmm. seeing the mm-hmm. whole universe like yeah so he he knows a lot he's lived through a lot so jackie tyler then by comparison would be young to him but she doesn't have that like young energy and like impulsivity that rose has she's it, i guess it's just weird or it, it makes sense that he would go for someone that's like super young because he himself seems stunted but it is a little strange. Yeah. I feel like I trailed off a bit at the end there, but do you catch my meaning? No, you're all good. Yeah, no, I totally got you. So would you say that that was like your least favorite part of the episode? The kind of like ick factor um, with the doctor I or is there something else? would say that that... You know what? Yeah, that's my least favorite part. But also in a less serious way, my least favorite part is that Clive got nerfed. Mm-hmm. Um he didn't deserve that. The little look on his face where he's just like, oh, they got me. He knew the whole time. Like, <laughs> <laughs> they fucking got me. Imagine getting got by, like, a plastic mannequin army. Like, that's just so, you know, don't shoplift. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, watch out. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> How is a mannequin? I'm just imagining. Have gun in their hand. Yeah, yeah, you know, you know. Does that imply then that like all mannequins have guns in their hands? I mean, you don't. Know. You yeah, you don't know for sure until you get in a situation like that. Exactly, exactly. So you're gonna get clived. There's more than just uh, you know, there's more than just the uh, alarm at the door. There's also the mannequin cop that will shoot you in the head. If you shoplift from Hot Topic. (laughs) Though Hot Topic doesn't have mannequins, so I guess that doesn't work. It'll just just be like me. (laughs) You're just in there. You're in every Hot Topic. I'm in my spirit in every Hot Topic with a gun. Ready ready to (laughs) shoot. We're Americans. Sorry. I... (laughs) (laughs) You know what? Well, we can't all have a, a... chintzy little you know sonic screwdriver to just like at the at the mannequin you know we need to have a second amendment protection (laughs) 
no that's bad. so I facts I, <laughs> I fully like i fully agree we're not gonna get into the second amendment but like yeah i don't think <laughs> anyway <laughs> you know you know yeah we'll, we'll digress but yeah was there anything else we wanted to talk about in the episode we think oh fucking the nesting consciousness right Yes, that line, that line in the scene where they're like about to, which also going back to uh, just how much I love the episode overall, even it it felt very predictable while I was watching it, even though I didn't, you know, I've never seen it before. But when they're sitting and they're like, where could it possibly be like have its base of operations? And it like pans over to the London Eye. Like, it's just (laughs) it's so predictable, but it's so good. It's so cute. I loved that. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, that line that the Nessine consciousness has when they're having that confrontation, he's like, oh, you know, you let everybody die. Like, what the hell? Or whatever. (laughs) And then the doctor's like, I couldn't save you. Like, I couldn't save any of you or or whatever. Yeah. I I just want to point out, though, that the Nessine consciousness, like, doesn't really... I don't think it says anything. I think it's just like... And the doctor is just like responding to it until it says just like in perfect clear English, Time Lord. Yeah. Which like, I think, I mean, like one, it's a great like little hint as to like what's to come. Um, But two, Mm. I love how it like, you are just like assuming that it doesn't speak English or any human languages at all. And that the doctor just understands like this alien language until it just says Uh like Time Lord. Like, why weren't you speaking the whole time, like, in English, if, like, um, you for knew? the drama, <laughs> duh. I mean, any creature that's going to possess all the mannequins, like, in the country and, like, you know, send them after people, like, it's got a flair for the dramatic. You know? No, I, I can't. <laughs> I love that, like, just, like, in this world, like, in the world of Doctor Who, a plastic alien just came to London and possessed like all the alien, the all the mannequins in England, like specifically. <laughs> I think this is something that we're, we're gonna like probably talk about like later on, but just like England mm-hmm. as like the source of like all alien activity is so fucking funny. Wait, we're gonna t- no way that there's actually like a plot relevant reason like why England has so much shit going on in it. I honestly Is that real? I don't know. To be honest, they're probably I was just saying like it's funny that like oh, okay. like I know that it takes place in England because it's like a British show and Right, right. Okay, I yeah. get it. I it's get just... it. I, I was gonna say, could you imagine if they're like, yeah, well, England's just like that because of a long standing, like a you know, seismic under you know that would be crazy that'd be crazy i'm not gonna say anything actually i'm like never mind oh (laughs) tea no way england's just like that confirmed (laughs) (laughs) if you listeners if you live in england let us know like why there are so many aliens or maybe if you listeners are in england you are an alien oh shit do Oh, man. I don't think that there's anything else. I feel like we touched on most of the main parts of the episode. Yeah, I think so. I think all I wanted to say back with the the Nessine consciousness is I like the idea, like, this introduction of 
the doctor as kind of having having a bit of a savior complex mm. like having this savior mentality um that you know even though he thinks that humans are like you know stupid and annoying and whatever he still goes out of his way to take out the nesting consciousness and save all the humans in 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 England and stuff yeah even though like i guess they are violating the shadow proclamation as the doctor mentions and like invading their yes. planet but um yeah even though he does still feel guilty about like whatever yeah. the nesting consciousness was talking about with the time war and everything but he still like makes a point of like saving the humans and stuff yeah yeah he is a fascinating Just interesting to think about yeah yes he's fascinating yes stuff to chew on until we get to the next episode ang, 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 ang. that's us chewing on it <laughs> yummy yummy <laughs> <laughs> listeners when we first started recording for this episode i was like okay like you know let's uh, i'm ready to go and there was this, this long pause and sarah goes yummy <laughs> and i was like um okay well i don't know if i'm gonna include that in the episode why, why don't you give us an introduction <laughs> just had to put that in there sometimes i don't know what to say <laughs> And that's okay. Yeah. Thanks. That's why we're both here. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> now I'm just making noises to prolong the the conclusion of this episode. Wee. But anyway. Yeah. Ooh, thanks so much for listening, for tuning in. Um, and we'll catch you in the next one. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Toodaloo. <laughs> <laughs>